Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy National Golf Club. This is Nice Shot Pods, featuring Tractor, the Rhino, the Moose, and Paul. This week with special guest, PGA Tour caddy Don Donatello, we discuss golf in the pandemic, the Reed Rule. We learn about all the different people that might want to fire a caddy. We learn the importance of tea refreshments, and Don gives us his dream five song. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Nice Shot Pods. We are in the middle of week two of the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, golf is still not happening, but we're still here. As you all know, this episode is brought to you by FantasyNational.com. For a sweet 20% discount, check out FantasyNational.com backslash pods for your discount. Also, during this time, the Moose has offered everyone a free test to get on there, check out the data, play around with it. So when the season starts back up, you guys can join, preferably using our promo code. And uh, going right to town, getting your DraftKings lineup set up, and getting your Vegas betting on par. Doesn't that just sound like a wonderful time? Like having, yeah, oh, yeah, just mess around on Moose's site for free. <laughs> so, guys, this week we have some very exciting news. Our one and only guest is reoccurring, Don Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Don. I'm glad to be on. This is going to be a blast. Yeah, we got uh, we got some interesting stuff today for all you uh, people who are you know shelter in place or uh, what did the governor of Wisconsin claim today? Home is safer. Just the nice way of saying shelter in place, which is just stupid. Uh, but hey, it's Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. Um, other fun I stuff. Thought you're I, gonna, I thought you're gonna. I thought you're gonna say something funny, like they're eating cheese or something. I mean, <laughs> aren't you down in Florida, Don? Or why aren't you at the beach with like all the millennials down there, like <laughs> passing COVID around? Well, what's so funny is I'm from Clearwater Beach, and when I heard that the beach was still open until Monday, I'm like. What are they doing? I mean, this is just crazy. That's why they're having problems in New York. Um, you know, people are still out kind of hanging out, thinking nothing's going to happen to them. And then they're they're spreading this around. I mean, you can uh, just stay six feet from everybody and you'll be okay. Have you, have you been pretty much sticking around the house, Don? Well, I had some uh, things I had to do around the house, but I've been playing golf and practicing every day, but I've been hanging out with one other person practicing and trying to get ready for the senior U.S. Senior Open Qualifier in June, but I've been playing golf, but I don't touch the flag. I'm not touching the rake, constantly keeping my hands clean. I mean, I'm trying to do the right things, but I mean, I'm outside and it's 88 degrees. Oh, um, good for you. <laughs> perfect. So that's probably a little bit better, you know? So, so they haven't canceled that open qualifier as of yet? Not yet, but you know, if they keep on pushing these other tournaments back, it's going to get where that qualifier will end up being canceled. I don't really know. I'm just, I'm just trying, hoping to be ready when that time comes. And if sure. I get a chance to qualify, I hope I get it done. How's the game? Um, I'm getting better. I've just got to practice with a purpose and practice being disciplined. It's been a long time since I've spent four, five, six hours at a time practicing. And it's amazing how much you forget um, when you don't practice every day or you don't do this for a living. I've got some incredible people to be around. Uh, one of the guys that I practice with, he's been helping me and, and motivating me. And, you know, I've won over 70 mini tour events and, and have done some pretty incredible things. I've missed my card getting on the PJ tour by a shot. Um, so I was a very good player, 
but to get back to that level at 51 years old is really hard. What's what's so the hardest part the about the getting thing. into the practice routine? Is it like the amount of time you're doing that or like staying focused? What, what are you having? Well, the quality, the quality of practice, standing there for two or three hours chipping and staying focused on what you need to do, um, keeping your head still and the motions being good every time. It, it, it's just something I'm not haven't done in a long time. I mean, I've been caddying for 22 years on the PGA tour and, you know, took a year there and two, a couple of years there because of the big break stuff, but just being able to focus for that long of a time and put the effort in and then just take it to the golf course without thinking about it. So that's been kind of the, the tough, tough angle right now. And then I don't swing it as hard. I used to swing at 113, 114 miles an hour. Now I'm swinging at 102, 103 miles an hour. That's equivalent of 11 mile, you know, 11 more, 11 less mile, a miles per hour, which adds up to about 35 yards of distance. What, what are you carrying the tee ball right now? Probably in the 250s, but it's also running out, you know, 17, 15 to 17 yards. So, I'm, you know, 270, 280. And if you get downwind, you know, the right surfaces, I'm hitting it 300. But if it's soft, it's only going 250, 255, you know. And that's a tough thing, but it's been real dry out down here with it being so hot already. Is this your first crack at the U.S. Senior? I did it last year, and I shot, I believe, 73. Okay. And I was supposed to go to a site uh, after I was working the Corn Ferry Tour, um, and I had to cancel it because my player um, was going to keep playing and cancel it to another site. And I went to Atlanta. And that's where all the Champions Tour guys were playing that week, and they were all there to do the qualifier. So it was, I think it took three under par to get through. Wow. So it was a really tough one. But sure. this year, I'm going to a place called Black Diamond. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's an unbelievable golf course. There's two golf courses there. Is that the one that was kind of out of the quarry, kind of north of Tampa, maybe? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. I played that out when of I was in quarry. College. It's unbelievable. Like the first, what is it, like 12 or 13 holes are. I mean, a good golf course, but then you get to, I think there's like a par three or something. That's, it's yeah. really, really spectacular. It, it's unbelievable. And the golf course that we're playing is the members course. And I've never played there before. And it's supposed to be very much like Pine Valley. So I'm like fired up, pumped up and, and really trying to work hard. And um, I can see my swing speed increasing. I can see, you know, my shots getting tighter to the hole. My putting's getting better and my chipping. So I just have to do it when it counts. And that that's the difference between somebody that plays for a living and somebody that's really good to people that are trying to get to that next level or trying to keep getting better or try to get to that level. You know, it's it's all mental. Yeah, for sure. I just, I mean, yeah. it's just clear why I'm not on tour. I mean, you just laid it out for me, Don. <laughs> You're mentally <laughs> incapable. It's because the range isn't open. <laughs> yeah, the range isn't open late enough. I got kids to deal, to deal with. I got to put them to bed. Do you expect me like... Our range sucks. I'm sorry. Could, have you collectively <laughs> spent two to three hours working on your your chipping in your lifetime, much less in one crack? Maybe. You know, you know what's so crazy? He, he he might have done that just on a single hole, like just couldn't like get out of the bunker or something like that. It took yeah, him good 45 of, minutes. I put a lot of simulator work in this winter. I hit for a, simulator. I hit for balls for an hour, a couple of days a week over lunch at the club basement. <laughs> hey, just to tell you a little story, it's real funny. I'm with with three other caddies on the PGA tour and they're all really good. I mean, they all shoot 66, 67, 68. They're really good. And national champions, all Americans in college and they're caddying on the PGA tour. And we're playing this golf course in Canada. It's probably one of the, the nicest golf courses in all of Canada. 
we're hitting balls on the range and I'm hitting a flag stick and hitting it a foot from the hole. And the member looks over at me and he watches me hit balls for like 10 minutes. And he's like, parts, who are you? And I'm like, I told him my name. He goes, what tour you play? I mean, I'm a caddy. He goes, why aren't you playing? I go parts. There are a dime a dozen down in Orlando where I live. <laughs> Everybody's good. And everybody on the range, all my buddies started laughing because I'm striped on the range. And these guys are all Americans. I was never an all American, you know, just, just tells you, you know, it's, you can do it on the range. It's not that hard. Yeah. Can you do it when it counts? Don, did you play in college? I played at a little small school um, in Murfreesboro, North Carolina called Chowan College. Crazy, crazy thing about, about it is I didn't start playing golf until I was 18 years old. I mm -hmm. senior year of high school. I played baseball pretty much my whole life. And uh, game came very easy to me. I was the number one player on my team. I knocked a guy that was the f number one guy on the team for the first three years. And then I got on the team and I was the number one player and knocked him to number two. Who invited and this guy? First he's, down in, first, he's down in Florida playing golf in 88-degree <laughs> weather while we're all like storming out here. And then he yells, oh, yeah, golf was super easy to me. I like just... <laughs> Picked up the game, beat the number one player on my high school team. Well, that's like you, Jordan. Jordan, when did you start playing? And then you got, a, I think, a partial ride. But you didn't start playing until late. I did not get a partial ride. I went to a D3 college in Iowa that's known for naked soccer and a boys' choir. So, no, I did not get a partial Wait. ride. Yeah, but you started but no, playing I, late. Hey, that would be a little weird. Uh, that's yeah, a little exactly. weird, the naked soccer thing. Cole. So they, they sing <laughs> while they're playing soccer naked? No, the naked soccer is like senior <laughs> week. The the boys choir thing's more Christmas time. But there's oh, usually okay. about 800 kids playing and five girls. So <laughs> a lot of dong. But that's been outlawed. So uh, but no, I ended up, I, I started kind of don similar to you. I, I started at like 14, 13, 14. But I was, I, it was not easy to me. I had a wicked slice than a bad, bad viper. So yeah, it took me yeah. a few years to figure it out, but. I got really lucky. I had had some really good guys teach me right off the bat that played on tour. Um, and if, I think that that's the biggest thing with guys that are trying to play. If you could get taught correctly first, it makes it a lot easier to get better quicker than having to fix all the things that people don't, that you just learn and your buddy's telling you how to hit it and your buddy can't play worth the crap, but He's telling you how to hit the damn ball. You know, mm. that's a tough thing with golf. The funny, the funny story, some, some of our followers might've seen it on the Twitter page, but Moose took um, kind of still shots of our swings down in Florida a few weeks ago when we were down there for the DFS open and you put all four of them side oh, by yeah, side. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Jordan is far and away the best of the four of us. He's like a plus one, plus two. Moose and I are in the three, four range trackers. <laughs> What's you were a six now you're, you're playing like a you're a 12 now. without posting scores it's but. bad <laughs> so the four swings there and some guy posts on twitter like guy on the left who's jordan like look at that position he's gonna slice that into the parking lot it's like well he's easily the best player of the four of us so you're dead wrong. <laughs> no but that that guy was spot on that was the that was my second photo op my first one i hit down the middle and then moose was you're trying to hit the fade over the lake shit. There was no lake. I the guess pond they could on the, right, the right. was wide open at impact, right. huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was right. It was way right. Yeah. Over the portal. That Don, you also got to think, too, you probably would agree to this. Having guys who know what they're doing, like especially like game management, is, like, see, is really mm -hmm. important, too, like early on to be like, why are you going for that flag? Just hit it over here. You'll too. Mm -hmm. Like 
instead of like kind of kill you know, some of that instinct where you're like, why did you do that? And these guys are like, if you just do it this way, you'll, you'll score better in the end. Yeah. I mean, I play in a skins game every Saturday right here at, at home. And a guy came up to me and said, if you caddied for me right now today, how much do you think you could help me? And I'm like five shots easily. And he's like, he looked at me, he's like, there's no way. I was like, yeah, not a problem. And it's amazing just having somebody like myself or a tour caddy that's really good when they say something, it's like, I don't know what it is, but you just listen when somebody knows what they're talking about and it just instills confidence. I mean, you take a guy like Fluff that's caddied for many, many, many years and he goes, works for a guy like Soon Kang when Soon Kang fired his caddy and they almost won and then they played good the following week. It's amazing. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, it definitely it definitely gives that player some confidence when, when somebody speaks that knows what they're talking about. Hey, Don, just wanted to touch on this too, because it's something that I always thought was kind of interesting. What percentage of the caddies on tour are really good sticks? And like, are there any that just have never even picked up a club? Well, you know, that's, it, it used to be that way a long time ago where, you know, the caddies were just caddies. They were bag toters. They just carried the bag. They really didn't help out much. They kept their mouth shut. It was the three, you know, things, you know, keep up, shut up and be on time. Now, almost 98% or 97% of, of the players are caddies. Now we're players that played college golf. We're all Americans. We even have eight or nine guys out there that played on the PGA Tour and played on the Corn Ferry Tour. They're now caddying on the PGA Tour because they can't play because they got to provide for the family or, or whatever. I would say there was only about 3% of the guys on tour that caddy that can't break an egg with their teeth, but they're very good caddies because they understand that other part of the game. They can't help their players with their swings, but they understand, you know, numbers and wind and, and lies and stuff like that with that player. Do, do you want to take this opportunity to call out a caddy that really sucks at golf? Yeah, no. Fire some shots, Don. No. Like he's a really great caddy, but he's terrible. Well, I don't want to throw them under the bus too bad. You know, okay. that they know who they are. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> that's a tough thing. I mean, that's kind of like throwing your wife under the bus. I mean, you're going to get it in the long run. <laughs> you know? No, yeah, absolutely. See, that's what I thought it might be more fun to, to throw somebody under the bus that maybe doesn't deserve it. I mean, I really should have said Kip Hindley to beat me in the big break, but I just, I, I did want to really say that. <laughs> there we go. That. <laughs> I'm actually editing out everything in between there, and it's just going to be like you definitively answered Kip Henley. <laughs> Kip Henley. Anyway. Yeah. Oh well, my that's gosh. what they did on the big. That's what they did on the big break too. So I mean, hey, you might as well just throw me under the bus too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Don. Another question. Yeah, they edited that bad too. They edited that to to make me look at to be the bad person. Um, and like did voiceovers, like just put my voice in and didn't show my show me saying it, but you could tell it was my voice. You know. Yeah. Well, here, here's a question of. Here's a question relating to that. So when you guys, so you guys were all kind of stuck on the property, right? So it was done. You couldn't go home. You said, right? yeah. so you all go home. Did you guys yeah, all have 20 hours a day taping? Yep. So do you guys all get each other's phone numbers after? So once it aired or people like, I don't think you said that <clears throat> or people like, I can't believe you said that. Well, what's, what's, I was only friends with a couple guys on there or became friends with a couple guys on there after the show. But when that was, um, we all got together and all watched it together the final 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 episode when me and kip went together went against each other at the golf channel um down here in orlando the whole everybody that was on out you know playing we were all together and watched that finale of who won 
That's pretty yeah, cool. so it's, it's like pretty the cool. Bachelor they made... when they bring everybody together and <laughs> yeah, without the girls. Right. Well, and, and back with how TV worked too, you like were you and Kip the only ones that knew what the result was when everybody else was watching the final, or did they all know yeah. already? So here, here's the deal. This is kind of inside stuff here. Um, Big Break Two was the last time that they ever sent any contestants home because if when you got knocked out. From Big Break 2 on, after Big Break 2, you had to stay there the whole entire time. So Big Break 2, they were sending people home, and they realized that, hey, how can they be home two days after they just left? You must have not won. Oh. And so, yeah. And we had to sign, like, 15-page confidentiality, could go to jail, could be fined, that we wouldn't say who won or anything about the show at all. I mean, it was pretty, if you saw this contract we had, it was, it was unbelievable. So, um, so, so when they were sending people home, it was not good because people were finding out, Hey, why are you home? You've only been gone for seven days. It took longer than seven days to take this show, you know? Yeah. How long a gap was there then from like when the winner was, you know, how long do you have to keep your mouth shut for basically months? I would imagine. Well, the show was taped for 15 straight days at 20 hours a day, and they kept mics on us for 20 hours. As soon as we got up in the morning and we took a shower, we all had breakfast together. We had mics on. We kept the mics on all day because they wanted to catch us interacting, talking, talking shit about somebody else or anything to use to use for the airing. Yeah. And then I believe after the last episode, when me and Kip went to the finale, I don't think we it was aired for at least six months. Oh, wow. So we had to keep our mouth shut for, I think, three to six months. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I know it was within three to six months we had to keep our mouth shut. And we couldn't tell our, our wives, my dad. We couldn't tell anybody. It's crazy. So so then you had to, like, get dressed up. Did you wear, like, a suit and tie to, like, you had to go dress up to watch a bunch of people watch you lose? Is that, like, no, what happened? Wore, no, we just wore our golf clothes. We we we, were, okay. we didn't have to dress up in a suit and, and, and look like you're getting put in the coffin, you know? Oh, okay, good, good. <laughs> so, like, so were you kind of, like, nervous, like, going into this? You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose, and everybody's going to watch this. I have to watch this now. Or were you kind of excited because this is the first you've seen of, uh, of the show at this point? I, I was actually more embarrassed on the way I, I acted. So when oh, I was really? watching, I'm like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? Why am I acting like that? But it's amazing when you get under a lot of pressure and you've been taping that many days and it's in the middle of Vegas when it's 130 degrees, how wore out and how mentally draining it is. And you just do stupid shit. <laughs> you, you know, you just, you, you just let the emotions get the best of you. I mean, I hit a shot on the 17th hole straight over the flag stick and it went under a big huge like crane that was shooting the shot coming up to the green i remember this one and then <laughs> and instead of just moving the machine straight away he's going back and forth and making it look like the grass is just all raised up and i'm like why are you doing this for now i gotta putt through this and we're even and i don't want that to you know make me lose you know that bad i didn't hit a bad shot and I threw my glasses on the ground and, you know, acted like a freaking clown, pissed off. It's amazing how, how you act when you have a lot of stress on you to win. I mean, they were winning over $100,000 worth of prizes and cards and everything and six exemptions on the, uh, now it's a corn fairy tour. I mean, it's, that's a big opportunity. 
Hey, Don, we all do that on like a casual Saturday morning game. So <laughs> See, that's why I probably fit in with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Your only goal, Don, would be to keep me upright for 18 hours. <laughs> that means you drink a little bit. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Oh, God. I'll just ride with you, and then I'll just be in charge of the beer. <laughs> well, no, see, that's the thing is ever since they came out with canned wine, he's just been a puddle. He chugs it like it's beer. <laughs> And like a whole later, he's like, oh, my God, I just drank a bottle of wine on 14. Mm-hmm. Hey, Moose, how'd you like those canned wines at the uh, Palm Beach I did Bar like 3, them. though? They're efficient. We were hammered. Yes. We were hammered. I think Moose and I both had three and 18, like three, 18 holes, which took like three hours there. I mean, I was wasted. I then Moose was. I was yes, so I was. Sad. So it was going pretty Moose caught fire on the wineries. No, not really. Just whatever is the most efficient mechanism for the alcohol for me. But yeah, when you're drinking, yeah, less volume, more booze. Moose, how many beers did you leave at the house though? Oh That's God, space oh, dust. God, you got like about forty of those. In the, in yeah, the probably at least. Yeah, I left at least sixty beers. Well, because that was true. Well, how about the night? Before, how about the last night? We're like going to bed. Like we're just three straight days of four, three or four straight days of boozing sun. Like we're not used to it. <laughs> Moose stops at the store and gets like three more cases of like another case of beer, two more cases of like White Claw, and I'm like, what the fuck's he doing? Like, are people coming over? And I just went to bed. And we left <laughs> yeah, well, that White Claw is going crazy. Oh, it's so good, Don. I've never had it. I love it. Do you like vodka soda? Uh, I don't like club soda, but I could I could do like vodka and soda, not club soda. Does it taste like club soda? Oh, then no. Well, more yeah. accurate, it's like a sparkling water. Did you ever drink Zima? Oh, no, yeah. it's not like a Zima. Not even very similar to Zima. It's not a Zima. You were even. It's alcoholic sparkling water. Basically, like yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 I don't know. They're efficient, <laughs> gluten free, one gram of sugar, how, how, limited carbs. How's the weather been there? Have it, are you you're not able to play any golf? No, nothing's. nothing's really well, there's a, yeah, it's, government's it's, basically said nothing's. Another week or two though, every place will be be open, which is good. Good for here. Yeah, there's not much snow left, so after the last it's, couple it's gonna of springs, hit 50, it's like, going to be fifty four tomorrow. 50, like every day, <laughs> time stuff. Say that again. It's going to be fifty four degrees and a little bit of rain. So I saw flurries really by Friday. God, but that's all. Well, there's snow on the ground next week. Is <laughs> next week is like 60s across the board. It looks so. All the public places will be open. Paul, what is the status on the oh, on yeah. golf now? I thought I thought that there's a chance we won't be able to play golf. What's the latest? For what it sounds like from like other states and that, and I know like Stonebrook is still open technically, and a buddy is out there, and just a lot of the same. You know, like a lot of courses are doing the thing where the cups are like raised an yeah. inch above whatever. So if you hit the cup, it's considered good. Um, so you're not trash golf. We, we, right we got a better thing. Care. We got a better thing at our. You guys club. have the we PVC took, or something or the, the foam, a little noodle. foam noodle, good noodle. Yeah, sure. Yep. So it just kind of sits just barely below the the cup line. You can put the ball goes in the hole. Yep. But it doesn't go. It doesn't go. It only goes halfway down, so you don't have to touch the flag. And we took all the rakes up on the whole golf course and yep. you play preferred lies in the bunkers. Okay. Yeah. I've heard a lot of that too. No rakes and rake it with your foot. And if your ball's in like a footprint, just move it. And that, I think yeah, I actually exactly. read, I think Dude. I actually read the USGA came out with some sort of new handicapping <laughs> guidelines. Probably actually post, but you must get a little bit of a break or something. Cause it's, if you're bumping your lies and stuff, but, and if you can't, knows what the USGA. lip something out, then it's, 
have have they come up with an official name for that rule on the on the preferred lie in the bunker, Don? Like, do you guys um, like call something? Do you guys say like we're playing this rule today? The read rule. <laughs> <laughs> Probably could be. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. I've been playing golf a long time, what, 33 years at a pretty, pretty high level. And if I took the club back, you know, when you hit something, when you take the damn club back, you just know it right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, and buts. I mean, he's got good hands. And, and you know, if he was like a, a person that like had to hammer shoes on a horse or, or, you know, cut trees down for a living, maybe he might not feel it as well, but I don't know how Patrick Reed cannot feel that he hits the sand on the way back. I mean, Come on. Yeah, it was bizarre for sure. Fucking Patrick Reed. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You want him on, on your team. I can tell you right now. If I had anybody to play with, you'd want him on your team because he's not going to lose. Oh, hell yeah. He's not going to lose. He's not going to let anybody beat you. Hell yeah. Well. Yeah. So, Don, this brings up an interesting question. Yeah. Don't have to say names or anything, but this kind of got brought around. Have you ever witnessed any pro like cheat in some capacity yes. before? You know, like the guys yes. who mark wrong, all that. Yes. What's the what's the most common thing you see? Rolling the ball over. What do you mean? Uh, on the green? Nope. Like if like like I was working for a guy at finals of Q school to get get your car or it was like the three events like the Corn Ferry Finals. We were at the final event and we were right near the number and he hit a shot up near the par five and I set the bag down. I looked down at the ball and the lie didn't look very good. And I could see which way the, you know, the line was on the ball. And I looked back, you know, to kind of look at the shot. And I looked back down and the line was in a whole different position and the lie was perfect. Really? And I oh. looked, I looked so over. That's at pretty him. egregious. That's real cheating. Yeah. And, and I looked at him and he looked at me and I didn't say anything. And we get done with the tournament and he got his card. He got his card on the PGA t- Tour by a shot oh. the, the next year. So somebody and somebody didn't get in then because... Somebody didn't get in because of his cheating. Felt so bad. Well, didn't you say that you missed your... Yeah, I missed my my, my uh, card by a shot. And we only played three rounds. And I ended up shooting uh, even par. And one under par got, got your card to go to finals to get your card on the PGA Tour. So who knows what would have happened if, if that would have happened. So back to that incident... That's one of those things, though. Yeah. It's like even if you would, it's like a no-win situation. Is even if you had said like, "Hey, I, you move, you know, you move your ball." At that point, it's just that he said, she said, right? So I mean, even if there would have been cameras, yeah, so you, I mean, you never, nothing would have happened. He was like, "No, I didn't," and you know, it would have started a fight, and then yeah. maybe something would have happened, and then who knows what it would have happened at that time, and right. he could have said that you know made me look bad, and then next no, no one wants to hire me because I'm right. calling him a cheater, and he never cheated, and you know, so I kept my mouth shut. So did he reward um, you by at least putting you on his bag for the following year? <laughs> Here's a really bad thing. Okay. So this even gets even worse. So he said, I want to direct deposit you every week. We agreed to a certain amount that he was going to pay me every week that I worked those events, those four events to get his card. So we made the cut the first week, played pretty good. He deposited money in my bank and it was wrong. So I called him and I said, Hey, you know, the money was, you know, a couple hundred dollars short. He said, yeah, he goes, uh, yeah, I can't pay you what we agreed to uh, pay you. My sponsor doesn't want to pay. And I said, I don't care what your sponsor had to say. I already took a pay cut to work for you because I would never get paid the money that you're paying me because I'm that good of a caddy. And he goes, well, other caddies are not getting paid. I said, I don't care what other caddies are getting paid. This is what I'm getting paid. And this is what we agreed on. Well, he goes, I don't know what what to do or what to say. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. I'll take with what you're going to pay me. 
you pay me the rest, the rest of the week. If you get your card, I want you to take care of me when you get to the PGA Tour. Well, he gets through and he gets his card. He doesn't call me, say, hey, thank you for all your hard work, nothing. I shoot him a text. I said, hey, you know, what? You, what's your schedule? What are you going to try to play in? This and that. Nothing. Next thing you know, I see him Monday qualified for the first event in Napa. He gets in the event, doesn't call me. I call him. I said, hey, I thought I was working for you. What's the deal here? You don't even tell me you're going to Monday qualify and this and that. Nothing. This guy was a piece of shit. And oh. it's so bad. Is he still on tour? He's on the Corn Ferry Tour. And he, ever since that day that he did that and he cheated and he did that, he has played absolutely horrible the last three or four years. He's played horrible. But he he's just... also won on the PJ Tour. He's won on the PJ Tour. What? Oh, wow. So this guy won on the PJ Tour a long time ago. Wait, Paul's so deep on Google right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> I even got a better story than this. Oh, God, so this. please. So three or four years before I worked for him at that Corn Ferry Finals, I worked for him on the PGA Tour. My first week we work, I worked for him, we missed getting in a playoff by one shot. We finished fourth place. There was a three-way playoff, okay? So we finished fourth. The following week, we finished seventh. The following week, we finished 15th. So I've worked for him for three weeks, and we finished fourth, seventh, and 15th. Wow. The media came up to him and talked to him and said, hey, you know, why are you playing so well? I mean, this is, I mean, you hadn't played well, and then all of a sudden, now you're playing well. You know, you got a new caddy on the bag. It looks like you guys are gelling out there, and you finished fourth and seventh and 15th. He goes, nope, it's not the caddy. He goes, it's me. I'm the one that's playing better. He hasn't helped me one bit. The following week, he fired me. What an asshole. And that for two years after he fired me, he played like crap. Yes. Then I helped him again, thinking that maybe he changed or maybe he is the better person. You know what I mean? Maybe, you know, due to age, maybe he'll grow up. And then he does it to me at, you know, the Corn Ferry Finals or at, you know, at the finals. That's 100% how I feel VJ Singh would act in all situations. Yeah, he's a tool shed. <laughs> for sure you can, you can put that you could you can put that on uh on on as much as you want i mean he you know he do you know that kip pinley worked for him on the pga tour oh yeah they won at yeah they won at the uh the, the par three deal yeah at the uh, uh and then he fired him like that week right uh, down at uh the bass, bass pro the, shop yeah so listen to this so he worked for him and they had a falling out he quit or got fired or whatever kip did well they were paired together what, three weeks ago on the PJ Tour. And VJ Singh came up to him and says, hey, things don't change. You're still fat. That's what he said to Kip Henley. Didn't say, hey, how are you doing? He goes, things still haven't changed. You're still fat. Like viciously or like trying to make a joke? No, that's just the way he is. So he's just a dick. No one likes the guy. Well, we were noticing, and I made a comment to uh, Paul and Rhino down at the uh, Honda. I was like, we are standing there watching VJT off. He's got a black bag, and there's not one sponsor on that bag. Yeah. I was like, dude, when's the last time you've seen a pro with zero sponsors on their back? Yeah. He didn't have one sponsorship on that back. Terrible personality. But he's a very good golfer. What what do you think of what do you think of crosshand chipping? Have you ever tried it? I have I have tried it a couple of times just to see what it felt like. Um, I mean, I I think it works fine. I think if yeah. you have any problems with a little bit of the Ginsburg thing or the uh chili chili on it. I don't say the other words to that, but um, yeah. then you should try anything. I mean, there's guy, there's two guys on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour that chip with the right hand only. 
one-handed. That's ridiculous. Well, I mean, hey, if it works, is there any longevity built in that though? Like, probably not. But you know, hey, if it built, if if you can do it under pressure and chip better than you did with your two hands, why wouldn't you chip one-handed? For sure. And I'm sure they're really good ball strikers. You know, I mean, if it's unbelievable ball strikers, right? I mean, so they're out there probably making six figures, or I mean, if yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. So I mean. I think cross-handed is the same thing as somebody that claws it or somebody that cross-hands putts and doesn't putt, you know, traditional, you know, or like Bernard Langer used to putt with that um, putter up against his arm and he put the arm lock on the putter grip around his arm. I mean, find a way to get it done. You know, there's no, there's no secrets, you know. Hey, hey Don, so we've talked about some of the lesser character personalities you've worked for. Like who's, who's like, one of the guys that you work for that's just genuinely a good person that you just love to death. Well, I mean, there's, there's a bunch Here of people. Will Gordon. Well, Will Gordon, Will Gordon is uh, unbelievable and his parents are unbelievable. You know, you know, I'm going through some tough times. I'm looking for a job um, because I'm not working. And I put in an application for Amazon. I also put an application for the post office to try to take care of my family. Cause we don't, we don't get anything. The tour doesn't PJ tour does not help us at all send us any money or help us out. And, and uh, just to tell you what type of person Will Gordon, his parents are, they sent me money to help pay for my bills um, for the next couple months. And the kid's 23 years old. Um, and that just tells you what type of class act that guy is. And he's um, not making any money right now either. Right. I mean, people don't realize that, but he's no, not making any money not. right now. And he doesn't even know when the next time he can, when, when is the next time that you think you could even get a paycheck? Possibly um, Byron Nelson, maybe if he would if, be... if it after Colonial. So you're looking at June, somewhere near the year end of June. Yep, and maybe you even it'll be that long. Maybe even mid, maybe second week in July. I'm not 100 percent sure when that is, but it's all it's going to be closer probably to July. I'd have to look at the schedule, but I mean he's probably that's if he gets a spot. I mean now everybody's going to be trying to get a spot because they're going to have to give it to some of these guys that came off the corn ferry because they're kind of screwed too, because they're going to have they're they've lost six or seven tournaments. Yeah. There was a, I can't remember who sent it out, but there was an article today that came out. <clears throat> I don't even know if it was golf digest or what. It basically talked about how the uh, PGA tour, like the difference PGA tour got the wraparound season. So they have a bunch more events played. And so like $130 million of prize money has been paid out, but the corn ferry has only had like five events played. Yep. And they're going to miss all these. Basically, how the corn fairy guys are like, the players even are like, I'm kind of screwed. I'm trying to find a job. Like, I want to practice, but like, I need money. Uh, and it was a pretty interesting article. Did any of you guys read that? Yeah. Right. Do you remember what it was on? Um, it was Golf Yeah, it was Golf Digest. What was yeah, super so. fascinating about it is it's kind of like the last time we had you on and we were talking about like, hey, how detrimental can starting the year out in Hawaii be for some of these fresh tour players? And the article was talking about how there's only five international events on the corn Ferry tour and they're all jammed in, in the first six weeks. Yeah. So guys have been traveling around spending the most money to get there here. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you something crazy. Last year I worked for a guy named PJ Vogel. He's the Monday qualifying King. He, he qualified eight times the following year, the, the year before on the PGA tour. And he played for university of Florida. And I worked for him to start the year on the corn ferry. Go Gators. Yeah, go Gators. <laughs> and um, we had to start the first two events in the Bahamas. He paid me probably higher than anybody else, and he gave me 10% of what he made. Okay, we made the cut in the first two. 
I made $100 extra the first week, and I made like $180 or $200 extra the second week, and both weeks I lost money with my expenses. So I made wow. no money and I lost money, and I never brought any money home. Get it? He lost three or four or $5,000 each week because he had to pay me plus his expenses, and he don't bring any money home. People have no idea. That was what that article touched on, and I've got a close acquaintance that's on the Corn Parade Tour this year, and it's like, those first five events, it's crazy. They're in the Bahamas the first two weeks. Then they go to like Panama, Colombia, Mexico. It's like, these are not yeah. cheap places to-, to I worked to. out there for five months. Five months, I lost $25,000 in five months. And I told the kid, I said, I can't work for you. I know that your 60s right. on the money list. I know that you know, we're going good together. I can't stay out here. I'm sorry. Hmm. So I went to work for Jim Herman back on the PGA Tour with Jim Herman. And I stayed with him for three weeks and I decided that I needed to work for another kid, move to somebody else because Jim wasn't going to get in a bunch of events the rest of the year. Two weeks later, he won on the PGA Tour again. So 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 I got the goose egg. How how often does that happen where you like, how often does the caddy leave the pro versus the pro leave the caddy? You see it more people caddies get fired more than you do the the, the caddy leaving the uh, pro. You, you you might see it with the big time caddies, um, maybe leaving for a better player, but mostly caddies are being fired by either the wife or the coach or the agent or the player. So I mean that's what normally happens out there. The wife will fire the caddy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why? Maybe maybe uh, they feel like the caddy's holding the player back or holding his spouse back from playing better. Um, or maybe the caddy's getting paid too much money now, and they're seeing that the caddy's getting paid, you know, all this money, and they don't see the money coming in. I got gotcha. you. It's a, it's a very, very uh, frugal uh, job. I mean, you could do a great job and still get fired. Um, there's no guarantee. Is it caddy 101 now to like just make friends with the wife right away? Is that like lesson learned? It's probably a pretty smart thing. And, and I've, I've always been nice to the wives just because in the golf business, I always learned in the golf business when I worked in the golf shop, if you take care of the wife, the wife tells the husband, hey, I like that guy, Don. And guess what? The husband likes you too. And then it's a good, you know, marriage at the golf course. You always, you know, they always take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I've kind of always done it when I went to the PGA tour, you know, I've always been nice, nice to the, the wives, the coach, the agent. Um, and oh, I'm always nice to everybody. I but was going to say, you're a pretty nice dude. You're well, you don't want to be too friendly with the wives. Exactly. That'll get you in trouble too. <laughs> what are you trying to do with my wife here? <laughs> hey Don, I know earlier in the, in our, in our conversation, you had uh, kind of alluded that like uh, the name that you'd referenced was fluff. You thought that, you know, is there a guy out on tour that you kind of see as, you know, really top of the class, like the best caddy, he gets the best out of his players. He's just like, even caddies well, have there, a ton of respect for him. There's two, two guys that come to my mind right away. Um, one is Paul Tesori. Webb. Yeah. Guys for Webb. He played for university of Florida. Go Gators. Go Gators. And uh, first team, all American, first team, all American. Also, he played on the PGA tour for a year or two. Paul, Paul did. And uh, he's the one guy that, if he worked for anybody, he would make a difference. I mean, if he even worked for a rookie or somebody that maybe he didn't think that had the ability, he would make him better right away. The other guy is Damon Green. 
Damon Green worked for Zach Johnson, won the Masters, the British Open. Um, now he's working for that Sung Kang, who's a very, very good Korean player. Sung Kang, did you say? Sung Kang, yep. Yep, yeah. he's worked for Sung Kang. That guy's His ridiculous. He can, he can go out and shoot a, like a 78 and then come back the next day and shoot a 61. That guy goes yeah. low like nothing. Like He goes he's deep. He's got a lot he's, of heart. And just to tell you, Damon Green's won over a hundred hundred mini tour events. Played played on the on the Corn Ferry Tour. Or used to be the Nike Tour back in the day. He also played Champions Tour events. I mean, this guy's a really good player, and both of those guys are very good players. And I think that's what you're finding out that guys that are very good players can judge lies better, can mm-hmm. talk to the player better. I I just feel like they bring a lot of confidence. Like I was talking earlier with them just speaking. You know, is is Damon's nickname Pepsi? No, that's Pepsi Steve. That's Pepsi Steve. Uh, he he was working for that Sun J M. Okay. Um, beginning of this year. No, that's Pepsi Steve. He was he's a good caddy too. How do you get the nickname? He used to hide Pepsi on the golf course, I think. He does. He hides them all over the golf course. Oh, it yep. wasn't like in the refreshment things. He'd like hide them on the golf course. In in like in like sprinkler head areas, in like bushes, in like pine straw. He's even put it in the other player's bag and the <laughs> so caddies didn't have carried to carry it for it? nine holes. <laughs> and the caddies carried it for nine holes. And then somebody will say to him, like the player will say, Hey, where where you hide your Pepsis? And then he'll open up that player's bag and pull the Pepsi out and they'll just laugh the whole entire day <laughs> that he's hiding that Pepsi and the caddy was carrying it the whole day, you know? So so Don, I don't know if you know this, but uh Mr. Rhino is a legend in the uh, tea refreshment volunteer <laughs> services. That was pretty right. good. Yeah. Yeah. I worked so, my ass off. So, you know, did you work or, there or drink them? No. So we're, no, we're all just worked. <laughs> we're all up at Hazeltine and, uh, you know, we, whenever the majors come around, we all have to volunteer and Rhino tends to end up on. Oh, no. We get, we get the opportunity <laughs> to pay to volunteer moves. We don't have to. We get no, to. we join the club so that we can help support national championships. Okay. Kool Aid. Rhino tends to find himself on the tea refreshment committee. Rhino, why don't you tell us about tea refreshments and then we'll get Don's take (laughs) on tea refreshments here. All right. Let me hear it. No, I mean, I've had some good gigs. Your locker room stories are probably better than tea refreshments. I I had had a lot. Yeah. I was going to say, I got to do locker room back in the, uh, the O2 and 09 PGA, which was pretty sweet. But uh, yeah, for the Ryder cup in 2016, I worked tea refreshments. And so I mean, you guys are all like chairs and, you know, care about it and attend far more meetings. Um, I usually just show up last minute. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a warm body. I'll help out where I can. And tea refreshments was my gig for the Ryder Cup, which, you know, in a normal PGA event, you got 154 players plus caddies, plus wives, plus mistresses, plus agents. So, I mean, a lot of beverages are needed, but for the Ryder Cup, it's like 24 dudes. And it was about, I don't know, 32 degrees. And so these are the these are the coolers that are showing up on the tea box. Like so, when the guys get the tea box, there's a cooler there. They can look in the tea in the cooler, right? Yeah, we got that everywhere. Yeah, Yeah, we got that out there too. Good deal. And it's a Pepsi. They must have a contract with Pepsi too. Some of them, some Pepsi, some Coke, some Coke, some Pepsi. Yep. But it was yeah. So uh, I I don't know where you wanted me to go with the story, Moose. That was it. I basically brought coolers out there. Like, hey, that's a tough job. That's a very important job. I did have to work uh, Sunday afternoon when the Ryder Cup was clinched, and me and uh, my pit boss or whatever you want to call him, 
the beautiful Tom, Mike Baldwin, we got to ride around and we had like a plethora of access merchandise and inventory. So we're just, you know, I think the PGA is like, well, I'll bring back this cooler of lemon lime Gatorade. We're going to move it on down the road. And we're like, fuck that. We just won the Ryder Cup. We're giving them out to all these drunks. <laughs> <laughs> Diet Pepsis and Gatorades that these guys, they're stumbling down the fairway. So, hey, hey, Moose. We played a part. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate those guys. You know why? Because there's a lot of times we come to those coolers on that corn ferry tour and there was nothing in the coolers to drink and there's nothing worse when you're thirsty and there's nothing to drink in there. Oh. So giving him some shit. No, that's actually the, <laughs> where I wanted to go. Where I wanted to go with this is like, are some events better than others? Are like sometimes you get to an event, you're like, oh, their tea refreshments are lit. Like I love this. Or and like, or is it some weeks you're like, oh, this is so lame. Their tea refreshments suck here. I'm sure some events are just so much more well run. Yeah, like week to week, right? We we Charlotte does an unbelievable job. There, there's actually tournaments that come to Charlotte just to see how they run everything, so they can go back and run their tournament that way. That's how incredible it is. I mean, it's is that Quail Hollow? Quail Hollow. Yep. 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 Okay. And it's it's crazy. I mean, it's actually gotten a lot better since our lawsuit um, with the PG Tour. It, it it's almost like we've gotten a little bit of respect, not a lot, a little. And they've really stepped it up with the tournaments providing more for us and doing little things and, and little tea gifts and, 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 and going out of their way. They also upped our health insurance. We get like a, a, a certain amount of stipend for the whole year if you work so many events to go toward your health insurance, which helps a lot. I mean, my, my health insurance is $18,000 a year for my family, and I get $7,000 from the PGA Tour. That 7000 helps out a lot. I do get taxed on it, the seven grand, but that helps out with the health insurance I have to pay in this country. Yeah, you want to give a shout out to the new sponsor who's no longer nature's partner? Oh, uh, Valspar. Valspar is unbelievable. Um, we, we, they do so much for us Valspar because they give us a winning bonus check. So if you win, you get $5,000 cash. If you're the winning caddy with that hat on, um, they have parties for us three, four times a year. They they care about us. That you know, Nature Valley was a good company, but they did nothing for us other than put bars on the first tee, and they put that money for our hat money every year. Valspar has been going out of their way. The other thing they do is, if you're the winning caddy for the points for the year, you get the outside of your house and the inside of your house painted. By Valspar. Sweet. That's got to be worth at least ten, fifteen thousand dollars. Right. So what? So say it happened. What color is the outside of the oh, house? Oh, good question, uh, tractor. Pink. Well, pink. Yeah. Have you seen the photo of our VRBO? Well, we were down in We were just down in Florida, and that's a popular. Well, you want me to put a pink flamingo or something? Oh, talk dirty to us, Don. What color? What color are you going with? Uh, not to throw Nature Valley under the bus. Maybe but a dark gray. Is, is dark there a gray. Worse, dark gray. Is there a worse granola bar for the golf course than a Nature Valley bar? No, they're awesome. You put it in your bag and you walk four it, steps. No, in the have you ever had a Nature Valley without making a fucking mess is the no, real question. No, it's impossible. Well, that's because you get outside. Half the fucking bar ends up on the ground. <laughs> well, the one thing that does happen is the new bars that have like the, that little coating on it and their peanuts. They oh, the melt frosting the new, bars? The frosting yeah, ones. No, those they ones melt are here. good. I know which ones you're talking about. They melt here. Yeah, those are delicious. But they're still good, but they melt. You know what I mean? 
How can you keep a peanut, uh, uh, an M&M peanut from melting, but they can't make the stupid bar melt? Stop, stop melting. Oh. Don't get it. But. Let's Life's address COVID-19 first, and then we'll get to the... Okay. <laughs> exactly. Un- unmeltable us up. peanut butter m and Bring us to a good but spot. I like it. This is brought to you by... Nice shot. Oh, yeah, nice shot. <laughs> Fantasynational.com. Moose is letting you check it out for free and then use our promo code. Nice shot pod. Just, oh, just go there is. and sign up. Yeah, we'll figure it hey, out later. I wanted to bring something up. Yeah. Please. I wanted to bring something up. Do we have more time? Yeah, we got plenty yeah. of time. Well, I'm going to, I've yeah. got one thing I just want to bring up. I think it's pretty cool. And then I'm then I'm gonna go and and I, and I'm I'm gonna really miss you guys because this this is a lot of fun. So this is a mic drop here, huh? Yeah, this is this is a phone drop, you know. But I was thinking who my favorite foursome would be to play with. Oh yes, you know, like you know, like athlete or comedian or a, another golfer or even a singer or or whatever. And I've been doing some thinking about this, and I I really would love Ben Hogan to be in my group. Really, Ben? Um, I, I don't know how you guys feel. The on gentle, that. gentle Ben. That's Ben. Crenshaw. That's a different Ben. Yeah. That's Ben Crenshaw. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's, in, that's Ben Crenshaw. You knucklehead. <laughs> yeah. Ben Hogan's gonna be grumpy the entire time. Okay. I just want to ask him a few questions. He can ride by himself. <laughs> What's question number one? What's question number one that you want to ask? I, I just want to know what he's thinking. I would like to just know what's going through his mind. I, don't, I, I would like to know if he's thinking about his swing or, or what he's thinking about, or is he seeing his shot or, you know, it'd be neat to, you know, ask athletes that because I think all athletes, whether you play basketball, football, um, they all have to think somewhat alike, the great ones. And and that's what I'd like to find out, you know, mentally, you know, where, what is he thinking? Yeah. Yeah, what are you thinking? Don, here? Did you watch that Golf Channel three-part Ben Hogan thing? I did not. I wish I would have. Well, when you're sitting in COVID here, find it. It was cool. Okay, I'll do that. I'll pull it up on. Maybe it'll be on Netflix or something like that. Or it might be on the golf in, in the golf um, golf channel. You know, dot com thing maybe and, and check it on shows. I bet it. Sure. Yeah, I bet it is. Did any of you guys watch it? it I watched really a little bit. So he got hit by a bus, right? In what fifty nine. Yep. And then won like the U.S. Open in '61 or something. Impressive. Well, I also thought it was interesting how just kind of a curmudgeon he was. A little bit. Like you know, it was just really interesting. And just even his wife was like, "Oh, that was Ben." Yeah. Like, oh, that must have been a fun life. The clubs they still make clubs though with his name on it, which is impressive. So that's that's yeah. a lasting in legacy. Texas. Just the, I pl- in I Texas, play, just the lofts though, right? There's no numbers. It's just the lofts. So yeah. Instead of like a nine iron, it's gonna say forty six. They were exactly. pure, man. They felt awesome. Yeah. So who's your so who's your comedian, Don? Well, I was doing some thinking about this, and I was like who is the best comedian that I would really like to be around? And I'm thinking, man, this is a really old guy. This is kind of dating me, which is not good. Um, and I was thinking Richard Pryor. Nice. Ooh, I nice. Say that. So you guys can go smoke crack together <laughs> on the golf course. Well, Ben Hogan judges. you. <laughs> That's not how you like well, your I mean, crack. <laughs> this is going to be a real, real, a weird for, uh, force of, cause I'm making it five of and add another guy, and it's gonna really get weird. <laughs> okay, who else we got here? Yeah, who's right. your music guy? So here's my actor. Okay, okay, don't don't flip out because now you're really gonna throw me under the bus here. Robin Williams, solid. Oh, I yeah. know that. And, and and I really I really loved watching his movies. 
and how he could change characters and, and change the different people and change his voice. I mean, he was unbelievable actor. Don, I got to tell you, that group dynamic is <laughs> unbelievable. <Weird. though. laughs> hey, wait till I give you my next two. Wait till I give my next two. Right, okay. okay, let's keep going here. <laughs> All right. Now, this is a little weird. I've got my singer. I'm thinking about a singer that I would like to put in, you know, somebody that was just amazing. Like, and this is really old school. Marvin Gaye. Okay. Don't all fall down God, at the same time. Him and Richard Pryor are going to smoke so much crack together. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> Robin Williams is snorting coke off the yardage plates. <laughs> yeah, make sure to drive in front or you're going to be high. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you hear this last person that I would like to be in my group, I don't know what you're going to do. And you might all do the is mic it drop. The pump? <laughs> So I got my favorite athlete of all time, of all time. I watched him when I was growing up and I'm not going to say Tiger Woods, but this is an athlete that I, that, that I admired. <laughs> this, this athlete changed how people perceive the game. This athlete made another career of himself after um, basketball. And can any of you guys guess what basketball star I'm talking about that I would like to be part of my foursome or five after basketball? Jordan. I was going to say George Foreman until you said basketball, but he's a basketball player. Okay. All right. Just give, I want you all to just give, give me your uh, thoughts on it. Paul's going to get this. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is for Paul for sure. Just one of the best basketball players that ever played. Okay. By far none. He, every game you sat on the edge of your seat because you couldn't believe that he just did that or what was he going to do next after basketball. He, Tried to play another sport. Oh, another job. Did he, he try created. to play for the White Sox? Oh, Michael. Okay, I was thinking like way deeper. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking yeah, Michael Jordan. Sure, Michael Jordan. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, a little, yeah. I said Michael Jordan a yeah. long time ago. Don, we don't listen you to you, know, Tractor. And you know why I want to play with him? I want to ride with him. So you can I want get to, on all of his private clubs. I want to talk shit to him the whole entire get in his pocket, man. time. Oh. I want to talk shit to him the whole time because I want to bet him everything he has on every single hole. And then I'm going to listen to, you know, you know, Richard, uh, you know, Richard uh, Pryor in the back and Marvin Gaye laughing <laughs> and Bobby Boy wondering what the hell happened to him over there. He's over in the trees trying to chop it out of the woods and we're talking shit over there, you know? Hey, Don, I got to be, be honest fun. with you. Ben Hogan is going to have the worst fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> ben Hogan is just going to hate this round. Ben Hogan's going to wish that he's going to die again. Yeah. <laughs> you, killed, you killed the hawk. You killed the hawk. I did. Hawk's dead. Oh, shoot. Well, that wraps up this week's edition of Nice Shot Pods. Obviously, we can't thank Don Donatello enough for coming back on and putting up with our shenanigans. If any of you guys have inns at the post office or Amazon hiring departments in the Orlando area, reach out to those contacts and tell them to move Don's application to the top. The guy's smart, personable, detail-oriented, and he's used to working long periods of time on his feet. Couldn't have a better hire. Stay tuned for next week or later on in this week when we release our picks for our dream and nightmare foursomes. Until next time, hope everybody stays healthy. Seriously, quarantine yourself. Don't touch people. Don't be an idiot. On behalf of Tractor, Paul, 
and the Rhino, myself, the Moosonomics. Thanks for checking us out. Please subscribe and leave us a review. We haven't gotten reviews forever. Seriously, do it. Thanks again.